0: And hello, everyone, and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Take You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Vic Batista, along with Nathan Jones and Tim Moore, and we are with Lamb Lion Ministries. And we thank you for being part of today's program as we're going to be talking about instruments of wrath as we look at Ezekiel chapter 9. So we hope that you can stay tuned to today's program as we have an exciting program prepared for you today. But before we continue, I'm going to ask Colonel Tim Moore if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Sure will.
1: Father, we just pray that you will bless the time that we spend diving into your word, that the the meditation that we share through this podcast will be an encouragement to so many who are listening and that they will be drawn to your prophetic word. And more importantly, they will be drawn to glorify, honor, and praise your son, Jesus Christ, our soon returning King. We pray all these things in his precious name. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you, Tim. Again, you're tuning into a Truth Who set your free Bible prophecy edition. For those of you that are following us live on social media, we'd love for you to share this program with your friends and family so they can follow along with us and enjoy the teaching. And if you have a Bible, make sure that you grab your Bibles and open it to Ezekiel 9 so that you can follow along with us. But before we continue, I'm going to welcome my wonderful brothers and guests, Tim Moore and Nathan Jones. Tim, it's great to have you on the program.
1: Glad to be here today. Obviously, I always enjoy being a part whenever I can, and uh, I'll be here for part of the podcast, but glad to be there.
0: Awesome to have you on. And Nathan, welcome.
1: Good to see you again, brother.
0: Well, it's it's. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic being back. I was sharing with you guys just a few minutes ago, I was on a missions trip to the Dominican Republic and just came back and very excited for what God did there, but it's always back to be back to the United States of America. Right, Nathan?
2: Amen, brother. You know, I I like going to Israel. I've been a few times, and so has Tim. He's led trips, and I don't know. As soon as I get back, the first thing is I wanted an American hamburger. I just, uh, God bless America. You want to kiss the ground. Wonderful countries, but uh, there's nothing like home, right?
0: absolutely absolutely that is so cool and of course before we start just in case someone is new to the program Nate will you be able to share with them what we do and how they can get a hold of some of our resources maybe upcoming events
2: certainly well if you're new to lame and lion ministries we're a bible prophecy teaching ministry our mission is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ and we do that in a number of different ways we mentioned one here is the um, our director here Tim Moore takes uh, groups to Israel we do on tours every year Uh, Of course, uh, we have our television show, which most people recognize, Christ in Prophecy, our website at ChristinProphecy.org. We have a wealth of e-newsletters, social media, uh, resources on our website that you can sign up for to help you grow in your relationship to Jesus Christ. We have our YouTube channel, which is called Christ in Prophecy, and we have our Prophetic Perspective series there and other videos. Uh, We just want to help you grow in your relationship to the Lord. We also have conferences, and maybe Tim can uh, tell us a little about the conference that we're going to be
1: holding here in Dallas and online in just two weeks. Yeah, just a couple of weeks from now, we'll be holding our annual Bible conference here uh, just east of Dallas, Texas, a town called Forney. If you happen to be in the area and are watching this podcast, we'd love for you to join us. But if you're far away, you can still be a part by watching our streaming, our live stream of the conference itself or even after the fact. And I'm sure that through the podcast, you'll get all sorts of information about the various sites, that Nathan helps put together to make sure that people can stay connected with Lamb and Lion Ministries literally scattered around the world. And this year, our theme is storm warning, the urgency, the very imminence of the rapture and all the signs that are pointing to it. So the Lord has given us signs throughout this age. We'll be speaking to all the different categories of signs and giving a very hopeful message that in spite of the the signs of warning, uh, the Lord is coming. And he who calmed the storms uh, raging on the Sea of Galilee We'll calm every storm uh, that's raging, even in our hearts, but he will put an end to all the uh, injustice and unrighteousness when it comes to rain. So we're looking forward to that rapture moment, and that will be what we point to throughout this conference coming up. And we have a special speaker that we haven't had before, and his name is Vic Batista. Yes, we do. Yes, Vic will be speaking on one of those signs of the time, so it's going to be a very exciting day.
0: Oh, thank you guys. It's, it is. its It's going to be a lot of fun and I can't wait to see you guys. We always have a great time together. And for those of you that are new to the program, you can see the excitement in us because we love Bible prophecy. We believe the Lord is coming back and we can't wait to share more with you guys about that. So thank you, uh, Tim and Nathan, for sharing that with us. And of course, we've been making our way through the book of Ezekiel, talking about some amazing events that are unfolding as God's angelic beings and his messengers are are bringing about these events through visions uh, to the prophet Ezekiel. And last week, we also looked at God disciplining his people uh, for the rejection of him, for their idolatry. And in chapter 9, we continue with this message, and we're going to notice God's judgment that continues when people turn their back on him. Tim, would you be able to take us there in Ezekiel chapter 9 through verses 1 through 5? and sure. then then Nathan, verses uh, 6 through 11, please. we Will do.
1: All right. So beginning in uh, Ezekiel chapter 9. Then he cried in, out in my hearing with a loud voice, saying, Draw near, O executioners of the city, each with his destroying weapon in his hand. Behold, six men came from the direction of the upper gate, which faces north, each with his shattering weapon in his hand. And among them was a certain man clothed in linen, with a writing case at his loins. And they went in and stood beside the bronze altar. Then the glory of the God of Israel went up from the cherub on which it had been to the threshold of the temple. And he called to the man clothed in linen at whose loins was the writing case. The Lord said to him, Go through the midst of the city, even through the midst of Jerusalem, and put a mark on the foreheads of the men who sigh and groan over all the abominations which are being committed in its midst. But to the others he said in my hearing, Go through the city after him and strike. Do not let your eye have pity and do not spare. Pick
2: it up in verse 6. Utterly slay old and young men, maidens and little children and women, but do not come near anyone on whom is the mark and begin at my sanctuary. So they began with the elders who were before the temple. And then he said to them, Defile the temple and fill the courts with the slain. Go out. And they went out and killed in the city. And so it was that while they were killing them, I was left alone, and I fell on my face and cried out and said, Oh, Lord God, will you destroy all the remnant of Israel and pouring out your fury on Jerusalem? And then he said to me, The iniquity of the house of Israel and Judah is exceedingly great, and the land is full of bloodshed and the city full of perversity. For they say, The Lord has forsaken the land, and the Lord does not see. And as for me also, my eye will neither spare nor will I have pity, but I will recompense their deeds on their own heads. And just then the man clothed with linen who had the inkhorn at his side reported back and said, I have done as you commanded me.
0: Mm. you know this is an an amazing passage and and when we look at the similarities here with other uh, uh parts of the bible where it talks about god using angelic being oftentimes uh to bring about judgment to correct and to rebuke and to bring about repentance and and tim you would agree that this is this this might seem disturbing to some but at times god has to take drastic measure to deal with sin
1: he certainly does and all of us have within our own hearts a desire for justice. Even children say that's not fair. Oftentimes their perception of what is fair is uh, skewed, but they do have a desire for fairness, for justice. All of us do. And so we want things to be right, to be just. And when we see injustice uh, seeming to thrive all about us, it, it doesn't set well in our own spirit. So the Lord will bring about justice in this world. And so those who have rejected him, those who, uh, as it says here, say, aha, or deny that he even has any role in this world, they will be destroyed. And and that is not our hope for anyone. That's not God's hope for anyone. So even in judgment, even in wrath, he remembers mercy. And part of his, his goal is to drive people to the end of themselves and to have them come to a point of repentance. Uh, sadly, as Billy Graham says, the same son that hardens the clay, melts the butter, or vice versa. So some hearts will be melted toward repentance, others will merely be hardened to rebel all the more. But judgment is coming, just like it did there with Israel.
0: Mm, Excellent point. Thank you, Tim. And again, we see here in this passage, God uses his instruments of judgment oftentimes. And here, are are these angelic beings uh, that are going out to carry out uh, what he had told them to do. And not only that, but we find also in other places in the Bible where God has used these mighty angels, these uh, angelic beings to bring about uh, his his judgment, if you will. Oftentimes in this case, he was correcting his people in other instances is to protect God's people. And one of those uh, instances we find is in Second Kings uh, chapter nineteen, verses thirty-five through thirty-six. And this also paints what an amazing picture of how powerful uh, God's um, angels can actually be. Uh, Tim, I know you have to slip out, but will you be able to read that reference for us in Second Kings nineteen, verses thirty-five and thirty-six?
1: And it came to pass on a certain night that the angel of the Lord went out and killed in the camp of the Assyrians 185,000. And when people arose early in the morning, there were corpses, all dead. The Sinurab, or So Sinarab, king of Assyria, departed and went away, returned home, and remained at Nineveh. So here, obviously, the angel of the Lord has gone out and slaughtered the foes of Israel. But the the Israelites in this particular case were protected from their enemy. I love how even in Ezekiel, before the uh, the men go out, the angelic beings, there is one who goes to mark those who have been grieved in their spirit by the abominations. They have kept themselves pure as the insinuation, and so they are protected, in this case, by a, a righteous mark, not one that we think of as being a, a bad mark. In this case, they were marked in a righteous way and preserved and protected. So. That is what we have in Jesus Christ, the preservation and protection from all the harms that the evil one would mean for us and for the coming wrath of God.
0: Mm, that, that's an excellent point. And Nathan, you and I have talked about this, how in the past programs, we know that God is not going to judge the righteous with the wicked. God is a fair God. But when people turn their backs on God, God has to discipline sin, right, Nate? Right.
2: And one of the questions we have uh, with the whole issue with the problem of evil is where why does God let evil people flourish? And when the apostles asked him that, they told him basically, well, if I pulled the tares up, the wheat would get teared up, too. And that's for therefore he's saying I can't destroy the wicked now without the righteous being harmed as well. Uh, the context here and for those who are, are jumping in here in the middle of this is that Ezekiel is a um, prophet during the time where uh God was judging Judah, which was the southern two tribes, Judah and Benjamin, for their sins. For hundreds of years, the Lord had given them prophets and times to repent, and they had just gotten so evil and so wicked that he sent the Babylonians down to destroy them. And so it's interesting, Ezekiel here, who was only 25 years old when he was exiled uh, from these peoples, is now getting a vision of what happened. And he's telling me that behind all this with the Babylonian Empire coming down to destroy Judah... God was at work, and I believe this is actually a Christophany. we got Jesus here commanding his angels and saying, look, we're going to protect those who love the Lord, like Ezekiel. They'll be spared the death, but those who are rejected God, they'll be slaughtered. And that's exactly what the Babylonians did in 586 B.C. They came down, they slaughtered most of the Jews. They took the ones that could be valued to their society and dragged them all the way up to the Babylonian area, which is modern-day Iraq. And uh, so... We're seeing kind of the veil, like the book of Revelation, peeled away so we can see that God's miraculous working behind the scenes. It's a behind-the-scenes view, I
1: guess you could say, of Ezekiel. 9. I think it's a great point, Nathan, and you you point out, even when I said the word Israel before, this is dealing with Judah in particular, but it's the Jewish people as a whole who were chosen by God and yet had abandoned him. They had, they had strayed grievously, and so he is bringing judgment even to his chosen people, and that lesson applies to us today. If we could learn the lessons of history and realize that God will not be mocked and that he will bring about judgment even on those whom he's poured out blessing upon. As a matter of fact, I think we are held to an even higher standard if we understand and have known the Lord. And certainly in our own great nation, uh, there has been times when we have been, although imperfect, at least recognizing of the truths revealed in Scripture. And yet today, We flaunt those truths, and uh, we abandon the laws, and we we cast God aside as a culture, as a society, and he will not be mocked. I really fear that uh, many in our society are, are heading toward oblivion and don't recognize it. So our call today is to flee from the wrath to come. It will be the Lord's wrath that is poured out in the day of judgment, and yet that wrath has already been poured out on Christ for all who put their faith in Him, who trust in Him as their Savior. So we are immune from His wrath because Christ has already endured it on our behalf. Well,
2: that's that's a little quick, because when you look at verse 9, what are the people saying? They're saying, the Lord has forsaken the land and the Lord does not see. And isn't that like today? We have the humanist mindset, the atheistic mindset that's spread out through the West that says there is no God. He doesn't care what we do. There's no judgment for what we do. So we're really at the same point that judah was and that we are living for evil i mean when we celebrate a whole month dedicated to pride and drag our kids in front of drag queen hours and and when we call evil good and good evil then we're no different than the people in the time of judah and god will judge them for that and so i, I think america as a nation thinks oh you know we're going to go on and on and we're going to evolve to be more tolerant of, of all these sins and all but god will judge us one day. and it should be frightening if god's going to take his own people and judge them what more so the Gentile nations.
0: Mm. And and again, for those of you that just tuned in, you tuned into our "Truth Will Set You Free" Bible prophecy edition. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones, as well as uh, Colonel Tim Moore, and we're talking about here instruments of wrath and the punishment that comes when people turn their backs on God. And and you're absolutely right, Nathan. In in our country, uh, there's a lot of things that we really need to keep in prayer. A lot of uh, uh, situations that do not please God. And we are also not immune from God's judgment and his punishment and his correction. And uh, God will do things to get our attention. But what I love there in verse four, as you both mentioned, is that here, uh, this angelic being, or this one with the ink horn, was going to go about. Uh, Again, he says in verse four, uh, going through the midst of Jerusalem, and he was putting a mark on the forehead of the men who sigh and cry over all the abomination that they're done within. And and we see a protection for those that are sighing, those that are crying, those that that are repented. And judgment is not going to come upon them, but it's on those that have turned their backs on God. And it's much like today, the Holy Spirit is sealing, the Holy Spirit is uh, moving in the hearts of those that are for God. And those that have turned their backs on God who reject Him. we see the judgment that is coming. And I just love this passage here because it is what what a great picture of the church, those that have turned to Christ. We're not going to endure the wrath of God, but we're going to en- we're going to be raptured out of this wrath. And this is why there's a similarity here, because we know that judgment is going to pour out on the wicked according to the opening of the seals in Revelation chapter 6, verses 3 through 8. The time of the tribulation is not for the righteous but it's for the unjust, right, Uh, uh, Tim?
1: Yeah, definitely so, and obviously the vision that John sees in Revelation chapter 6 is of that second seal, and then the third seal, and the fourth seal eventually being opened as judgment is poured out. And and that is not something, again, that that we as believers will endure. The, The wrath is not for us, as I said. Christ has already endured all the wrath that that we deserve. People say, well, I deserve, you know, I've done terrible things. You're right. All of us deserve God's wrath. That is the grace of God that we have been forgiven, that our sins have been cast, you know, as far as east is from the west. There is no measurement of as far as east is from the west. So that means they are absolutely gone in the mind of God. And yet Christ did endure that wrath on our behalf. So Yes, those who reject God, the wrath of God abides on them and eventually will be poured out. And these uh, these seals being opened demonstrate that soon and very soon, God's wrath will be poured out. A few will come to the end of themselves even during that tribulation and will put their, their trust in Christ. But most will shake their fist in continuing rebellion, sealing their fate for all of eternity.
0: Mm, I love that. And, and again, as we look at Ezekiel nine, we see these six individuals coming out as instrument of wrath. And similarly, in the time of the tribulation, as the sealed judgments are open, we're going to see the what we call the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Uh, these also angelic beings bringing about the wrath. And again, it's not for the righteous, but it's for the wicked. It's the wrath of the Lamb being poured out on this earth. And then as we look at Revelation chapter seven, verses one through four, we see a ceiling there of the 144,000, those that have trusted uh, in God. And and, and we just see a little correlation happening here in Ezekiel, similar to uh, in Revelation. And for those of you that are not too familiar with the Bible, we would encourage you to take some time to read through to Ezekiel and also to read uh, through Revelation. But we find, again, for those that God has put a mark on, those of us that trust in the Lord, there's no judgment coming upon us. But Nathan, you know, Revelation chapter 7, verses 1 through 4, you and I have taught this, but maybe for someone who's not familiar, can you read for us their verses uh, 1 through 4? So in case someone doesn't have a Bible, they can follow along with us.
2: Sure, sure. So that We're talking the future here, just to set the context, a time period called the Tribulation where God will judge the world for its sins using 21 judgments as described in the book of Revelation. Uh, But like we just read in Ezekiel, God will always protect his own. Uh, So for the church, for instance, the church will be raptured up to heaven before his Tribulation comes. But there will be people who will be saved during the Tribulation, and God will protect them through the Tribulation. That's these 144,000 Jews we read are just some of the ones that will be marked. So starting with verse 1 reads, After these things I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, and the wind should not blow on the earth, on the sea, or any tree. And Then I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was granted to harm the earth and the sea, saying, Do not harm the earth, the sea, or the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads. And I heard the number of those who were sealed: one hundred and forty-four thousand of all the tribes of the children of Israel were sealed.
0: I love that. And and here we find a similar sealing: those that are, that are for the Lord God separates them. And uh, again, it's it's something a mark that we. We can't really see in a sense, but God looks at the heart, not at the outer appearance. And this is why we really love this. You know, sometimes people question the plans of God or how, why did God allow these judgments to come? But as we noted in the time of the tribulation, according to Revelation 9, it says that people did not repent of their idolatry and and, and so forth. And and here in Ezekiel, we see that the judgment really went out after those that had turned their backs uh, on the Lord. And God is seeking repentance, and He will use different measures uh, to get people's attention. And that's why, Nathan, one of the passages that are hard to believe is because in Ezekiel chapter 9, verse 6, it says, Utterly slay old and young maidens and little children and women, but do not come near anyone who is the mark and begin at the sanctuary. So they began with the elders who were before the temple people have a hard time saying, well, how can God ask judgment to come on men, women, and and even children? But we realize we had a society of idolatry, people that were corrupt. And if this, if this, if God didn't deal with this, can you imagine what it would have done to the rest of society?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, again, chapter nine is in the context of chapters one through 11, which is God accusing the Jewish people of their sins. So it seems harsh that he's saying, okay, go out and kill the children and women. But they had taken the Lord's temple, which was dedicated to him, and put up idols. So you would go into the outer court, like the women's courts, and they had a giant statue of Tamas. And the women were worshiping an idol outside of the temple of the Lord Jesus Christ. The men were worshiping another idol, one of the Baals and all. And so they had turned the house of the Lord into a pantheon of worshiping various gods and goddesses. And so they were all guilty in God's sight. It didn't matter the age or the gender or whatnot. They would be punished. Now, for those who, of course, who would not bow to Baal, the Lord put a mark on them. And it's interesting that that we read this in Ezekiel's time, which is the 580s B.C., but then we're reading it again about the future for the tribulation, that God will put his mark, whether it's visible or—I don't think it's visible because only the angels. In other words, God's saying, hey, when you angels, I'm sending you out to go punish these people and and slaughter the world— Uh, both then and now, that you will protect your own. Now, does that mean the Antichrist will kill Christians during that time period? Obviously, yes, but not God's people. So God's judgments will be protected on those people. And that's as Christians, we're told that we have a mark that we can't see. We have the Holy Spirit inside us that protects us from God's wrath. Now, we're always subject to the wrath of man and Satan, but for God, God, like Tim said, his punishment, and he's still here, by the way, his, his punishment went on jesus christ on the cross and so we do are
1: no longer under the wrath of god as john three thirty six describes i think some people misunderstands too when they suffer in this life uh am i suffering god's wrath well no sometimes we are suffering the discipline of god just like as a parent i don't have wrath for my children i, I don't have just righteous uh indignation against them but i do punish them at times and have disciplined them to correct and to restore and so lord does bring discipline into the lives of those he loves because as a godly and good parent obviously godly but as a good parent he wants to uh to restore us to what he has planned for us for good and that is not wrath i think it's also very instructive here for anyone who aspires to serve the lord the very end of this particular chapter 9 the man who was clothed in linen, whose loins was the writing case, reported back to God and said, I have done just as you have commanded me. And I think about Jesus Christ, whose life is summed up at the end uh, when he hung on the cross as, it is finished. In other words, he had accomplished exactly what the Father had sent him to do. He had been faithful to the very end of what the Father had willed for Christ to, to, to do with his life here on earth, his entire ministry. And all of us who aspire to serve the Lord, that should be our our hope and our desire is that we serve the Lord faithfully and do all that he's commanded us. Well, he's given us many commands. Fear not. Uh, Serve him with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Uh, At the end of Matthew, we should go into all the nations making disciples and baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. On and on. I, I don't do in order to be saved, but because I'm called of God, because I want to serve the Lord. I have the privilege of of doing as he has commanded, and I aspire to report to him. I have done just as you have commanded, imperfectly, because I'm not perfect. None of us is. But that, that is the goal. That is the motivation. So if we are followers of Christ, it is a daily walk to stay faithful to him, to stay in his word, and to seek to please the Lord and bring glory and honor to him in all we say and do.
0: Amen. What a wonderful point you pointed out there, uh, Tim, because people think that just because they're Christians, uh, that they cannot uh, experience certain corrections of disciplines of the Lord. But I love what he you know, Hebrews chapter 12 says clearly there in verse six, for whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. And we see here that it was discipline, according to Ezekiel chapter nine, verse nine. Again, they they have turned their back on God. They have done things that were exceedingly great, and God is bringing about this judgment uh, to call people up to repentance. God loves His people, though He wants them to repent. He doesn't, according to Second uh, Peter chapter three, God doesn't take pleasure uh, in the wicked, but uh, He is He's He's patient and 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 gracious and waiting. Uh, for them to come to repentance. And maybe you're listening to this program and you're listening to my voice and Nathan and Tim, and you don't have a relationship with the Lord, uh, but you know you're not doing right. Well, after a while, those doors of opportunity will close. God's patience will be over and then he will bring about his judgment. So right now he's giving you an opportunity to turn and to come to him while there is still time. Uh, Tim, if you're still available, would you be able to share with that person on the other side, maybe how they can start the relationship with the Lord even right now?
1: Yes, I mean, Nathan just pulled up uh, John three thirty six, 36, which I think is such a powerful verse because it says, he who believes in the Son has everlasting life. And he who does not believe in the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. It's an either or proposition. And so if you do not believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior and serve him, worship him as Lord, then the wrath of God abides on you. The only way to be freed from the wrath of God that will endure for all of eternity is to believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Accept him as your Savior. Say, Jesus, come into my heart. I recognize that I am a sinner, undeserving of your grace and your mercy, but because it is a free gift of God— And you have poured out your wrath on Jesus Christ. I trust in you, Christ. I trust in you, Jesus. And that good news for me is that now I no longer have to uh, anticipate the wrath of God coming upon me. And so anyone that's listening today who puts their trust in Jesus Christ, who says, Jesus, I trust you. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God, is given eternal life. And you can plug into a network of other believers in a church, the body of Christ uh, there locally to you. Uh, you can connect with ministries like ours to stay plugged into to studying the word of God. And you can grow in your faith, but you can be assured of everlasting life.
0: I love that. Thank you so much, Nate, uh, uh, Tim, for sharing that. And maybe you trusted the Lord wherever you are. We'd love for you to reach out to us. 305-992-9537. Call or text or via WhatsApp. We'd love to send you a Bible and a study, guys, so that you can grow in your relationship with the Lord as Nathan and Tim and myself rejoice for the wonderful decision that you have made. And we say hallelujah and praise the Lord uh, for that. But Tim and Nathan, we ran out of time for this segment of the program. What a wonderful study. Thank you guys so much for sharing with us today. Thank you.
2: Been a blessing as always. Thank you.
0: Thank you. And of course, again, we want to thank you for being part of today's program. Again, you can reach out to us if, you have, if you're if you in need of prayer. But the rest of you have a fantastic day. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon us. Big Batista, Nathan Jones, and Tim Moore saying goodbye. May the Lord bless you.